Welcome to Social Minute, the podcast that looks at the social network minute by minute. Today, we're going to be covering Minute 24, which goes from 23 to 23.59 on the clock. And in this minute, Mark has a discussion with uh, his three would-be investors. They have an idea, they explain the idea to him, and Mark finishes the minute uh, repeating a line that we've probably heard before, saying, wow you would do that for me. Uh, my emphasis is slightly different to the way he puts it, but we'll get into the emphasis later on. Joining me to talk about today is Drew Brett. Hello, Drew. Hello, it's nice to see you again. Now, I think this is interesting because, you know, this is this is probably one of the kind of wordier exchanges between, um, you know, the, the twins and Mark. Yeah. And it is kind of building up the idea. Like, obviously, everyone is on Facebook, so we all know what Facebook is. But back in 2008, not everyone was on Facebook. Uh, as the post has declared, you know, you don't get to 150 million friends without making a few enemies. By the time the film came out, it was actually nearly at 500 million. Um, and I think by the time it got to DVD, it was closer to a billion. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, everyone kind of understood the concept of Facebook. But it's interesting to hear Cameron kind of describing the idea and the selling point and why they think this is, you know, a good idea and, and what it's all about. And we get Mark asking the correct questions of like, why is it different from these other websites that do pretty much the same thing? And then we get uh, Tyler and Cameron kind of delivering their pitch, um, you know. And I think it's interesting because, you know, as we've talked in the previous minutes, up until this point, they are pretty much buttering Mark up. They're giving him the setup. Um, you know, we finished the previous minute with, you know, Microsoft being the people who were going to buy, you know, this music player that he created in high school. And Divya asks how much he sold it for. And of course, Mark delivers, you know, the perfect kind of techie punchline of like, I didn't sell it. I uploaded it for free. Yeah. And then, of course, this is where Divya is like, for free. The weird thing is, Divya says you invented something in high school and then he's like, for free? As if he didn't understand that this was where it was heading. He doesn't understand the concept. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of like, what do you mean? What is this word free? I don't understand that. But also the fact that he, you know, he knew he invented something in high school and he knew that Microsoft came calling because he set those questions up. But then he suddenly sure. turns into a doofus being like, for free? Like, and it's like, <laughs> Divya, I feel like you were asking a couple of leading questions there. You knew where this was heading. Um, yeah, but, you really should have known the. You shouldn't ask a question you don't know the answer to. Yeah, and not in this situation. <laughs> yeah, and I like I like as well. You know that we kind of finish with Divya asking why, and you know Mark just kind of shrugging, and that's <laughs> shrugging. Like, yeah, yeah, like why why wouldn't he? You know, there's something I want to pick at yeah. here. Um, and, and and you can help me work through this because uh, St. Aaron Sorkin hardly ever makes a, a mistake in anything he writes. But this is something that kind of stuck out to me. One of the 18 times I was watching this, this these minutes back to back. Mark, you know, Divya asks him, you invented something in high school, right? And then Mark says, an app for an MP3 player that recognizes your taste in music. Apps weren't a thing at the time, though. Not in, not in that sense. Not because cause obviously... The, well, like... What the what was the what was the first device to use what we call apps? Was it the iPod Touch? Was there something before the iPod Touch that used apps in and called them that? Yes, iPods did. Really? No, for, yeah, first generation iPods, second generation iPods. I think actually it might have been second generation where they first introduced the App Store, and that was really? where you. Could... I was trying to figure out when that was because, like, the iPod Touch was like a mid two thousands thing, like a maybe oh six oh seven, and I thought that was kind of the the first time, like. Let me see what Google has to say. What do we want to put? Like, when were apps invented? I think you you basically, obviously, using using the word app as a short word for application. 
applications, sure, which and these have been around for, since the dawn of computer era, which makes sense. But apps is a very particular phrase that stood out to me, and I was kind of like, wait a minute, what what are we talking about here? And and <laughs> that's why I kind of wonder if like the, this whole exchange of not selling it, and not really. You know, he did it for free in kind of the era of Napster and 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 things being on the internet and kind of getting out or not really getting out of, but having avoided the legal situations of of, of rights and purchasing things and contracts and whatnot. Yeah. The idea of an app really wasn't a thing yet. Was was what I remember, but I, I mean I could be wrong. Google is telling me that apps which emerged this is interesting apps emerged from early PDAs through the addictive simple game Snake on the Nokia sixty one ten phone. But this is July two thousand eight. Uh, see, yeah, the the I'm app gonna... the app store itself was open in July two thousand eight. But here's the thing: I distinctly remember having a Sony Ericsson phone, mm-hmm. and people would refer to some of the things on there as apps, and it annoyed me because I was like, no, they're called applications. <laughs> Don't be. Don't be doing that. And that was like in 2001, 2002. You so, were the kind of guy who, when the internet first came around, you had said, no, it's www.cnn.com. You weren't going to say it .com, were you? No, because because our sentences finish with full stops. They don't finish with period. So <laughs> I would never I would never have used that phrasing. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So I guess that like maybe the common phrase of saying something is an app in 2003 is a little bit kind of... I mean, maybe he wouldn't have phrased it in that I'm way. I'm going to say it's 100% wrong. I'm going to stake a flag in that. <laughs> I would say maybe if if in the script he'd said an application for an MP3 player, maybe people in the audience would have been like, does he mean an app? And I feel like Sorkin was just like, it's not worth okay. it's not worth ruffling so people's brains. You're, hypoth- you're going to of- hypothesize that there's a translator in between the actual events and then what we he- what we hear coming from from the movie. That's an interesting idea, <laughs> like the uh, all-purpose translating bug from uh, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Understood. I got it. I like where I'm, you're going. I'm I'm just saying it's possible that somebody who was into computers it's as possible. much as Mark at the at the time maybe would have referred to stuff as apps before it became a general See, term. I would have called it a program if I was going to be like that because an app indicates to me and again this is coming from a perspective that's you know more than a decade removed from the actual events so obviously uh, parlance and language is going to be different now but app sounds like something you buy a program sounds like something you make and so these guys these guys make programs. Yeah. That's what what Mark doesn't. That's what he did when he was drunk. Is he was he was blogging about programming something, not designing an app. I mean, I, I would say at the same time, uh, you know, my iPod from two thousand seven uh, could via iTunes rather than the App Store, it could download certain games that you could put onto your iPod and you could use your iPod to play. Mm-hmm. So. Before the App Store, there was there were certainly things that probably people called applications, uh, and I do remember even when the App Store opened, there was a whole thing over the fact that you know Apple were trying to kind of copyright the phrase app, and people were ah. like, no, 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 we've been using that phrase for for many many years to refer to applications. You can't just come along and kind of take the word app. Um, in in particular, because you know uh, Amazon had like an App Store as well, and you know. Apple tried to sue, and they were like, you know, a, a, a judge was basically like, no, you cannot. Yeah, do that. they may not have the phrase um, app, but they certainly have the letter I. That's just not fair. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, the, the weird, the weirdest thing is that um, you know, uh, in that particular lawsuit, the American Dialect Society stepped in and said that app has been used as shorthand um, for application since the mid 1990s. Really? Um, so, yeah. 
So, and now, that was cited as part of a, a court are case. Are you secretly Googling this as well while I'm not paying attention? Or is it possible that you have that mundane of a trivia fact stored away in your brain? I just I just I just remember stuff about apps. <laughs> I do remember I do remember Apple trying to copyright it and I do remember them being sued over. Okay. So it's it's I mean, if you want, you can take a look at an article from nineteen ninety six where um there's a it's about Oracle and they refer to an app in there. Hmm. Um as shorthand for an application. And that's from 1996. Uh, and I mean, I was on the internet in 1995, so, uh, I, you know. I was not. I was, bi- I, I was not on the internet in 1995. <laughs> you know, Mark obviously boasts about just giving it away, you know. just And again, I think this is meant to, this is meant to paint Mark as the good guy. He invented this app. He uploaded it for free. He didn't bother taking any money, even though, you know, Microsoft probably could have made him into a millionaire before he even got to Harvard. This kind of also puzzles Divya to be like, mm. why would anyone do that? You know, money is the answer to everything. You know, I am Divya Narendra. I am hungry for money. That seems to be his entire character. Um, yeah, that's really it's more it's more an opportunity to define him. Yeah. kind of along the same ways that Tyler and Cameron are, are defined. You know, Tyler is the brawn and Cameron is kind of the heart and soul. But Divya is the wallet and the brains. Yeah. Of these particular operations. So, yeah, he's always the one who, who wants to go and sue him for a hundred billion dollars. And, you know, that's really his M.O. And he just he, he can't comprehend the fact that somebody would work so, work so hard to do something so impressive and then just be like, I don't care. And then put it up there for anybody to take. Which I don't think is necessarily trying to paint Mark Zuckerberg as a as a as a a hero or some altruistic person or anything like that. I think it just it's there more to demonstrate the, the gulf in, in character between the two of these guys. I think it's also setting Divya up as uh, as the Winklevoss Eduardo, like you know. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's probably the best best application of this particular scene is to show, hey, look, this is kind of like the, uh, you know, Earth 52 version of these characters or something like that. Yeah. I mean, you know, aside from the fact that neither of them have goatees, you know, here is the evil version of Mark and uh, and Eduardo. Um, although, you know, everyone's evil in this film. So, <laughs> so it's all kind yeah, of Nobody relative. comes out exactly shining in this particular story. Uh, yeah. With the exception, I would say of Quincy Jones's daughter who does. Okay. You know, everybody else, <laughs> they seem terrible. Uh, but yeah, and this is where we get the pitch. You know, this is the heart of the film. Uh, this is, you know, again, it's worth saying that uh, for the book, um, you know, Ben Mesrick didn't interview Mark Zuckerberg, but he did interview other people. So, the picture that's being painted here is something that I think has been taken from the book, um, you know, that was written. And this is where Sorkin is kind of getting this. So, the, sure. you know, it paints in our mind the idea that Cameron and Tyler, you know, they didn't invent the Facebook, but they certainly came up with something that compellingly sounds like what ends up being Facebook. And they say, yeah, you know, it's uh, remarkably close. <laughs> they've been working on it for a while and they think it's great, which I like how Cameron is the one who starts off the pitch because, you know, he's basically a bit more persuasive than Tyler. Um, and, you know, it's called Harvard Connection. You create your own page, interests, bio, friends, pics. And then, of course, you know, Tyler is like, and then people can go online and see your bio and request. And it's funny because Mark kind of cuts them off before he actually says how they do it. And he's like, how is it different from MySpace or Friendster? Um, you know, in 2000, and I think this is meant to be very early 2004 by the time that this is happening. Um, and I don't know that MySpace was particularly huge, but I know that Friendster was quite big at that time. So MySpace was still kind wow. of relatively new. Um, 
so it's interesting that he picks MySpace to list first because I would uh, at the time I would have probably said Friendster or MySpace um, or even Bebo. I think it was probably a little bit bigger at the time. Um, and then of course Tyler says Harvard.edu, and then this yeah. and and I think it's interesting because it immediately makes the idea kind of interesting. And obviously this is kind of the hook for Mark is this exclusivity. But it also yeah, is like that's the magic word. It's probably the most kind of like snobbish thing that Tyler says in the entire film, um, other than when he cries for Daddy's lawyer. You know, like the idea of like you know Harvard, e- and then of course Cameron backs it up with Harvard Edu, the most prestigious email address in the country, which I have a feeling is selling it just a little hard. Uh, but I I like I like that Mark is kind of like he they they kind of know that this will sell Mark, like the idea of you know, the, the kind of the exclusivity and the, you know, the fact that like, he's not, Absolutely. he's not saying this to a stranger. He's saying this to a person who, you know, is probably Mark Duck Zuckerberg at Harvard EDU. Like they have, he, you know, this is something that they share, you know, that he might not be able to go past the bike room, but this is a, this is a thing that, you know, levels them out. They all have this address, you know, however prestigious they may feel it is. Um, you know, this is the selling point is, you know, we are all at Harvard. We all have this email address. Therefore, we will all be part of this club. Um, right. It's kind of designed to be an opposite of like in the in the opening parts of the film where he designs the face match and sends it to a couple people and they send it to a couple people and they send it to a couple people. It's this outreach in that. But when 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 uh, Mark understands the uh, the appeal of having that harvard.edu address now the attention is focused inward and you have to try to get in rather than being the one who receives it you're the one who's trying to get into it and that exclusivity is exactly what he's seeking and 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 he you know they, they, they say it later on in the film of, of putting the entire social uh, experience of college online but this is really what triggers it in his brain and, and what's going to take it to the next level is when he he realizes that it's if it's inward focused, if it's trying to get into a cool club, that's really going to take off much better and faster and further than anything that is outward facing. And also later on, I believe they also say, and, you know, have you heard of these little yellow things called minions? People will put pictures with words and they'll keep sending them to you and they won't make any sense. And Mark is like, yeah, yeah, that sounds all fantastic. started around the same time. Yeah, this is this is great. Yeah. So and then, of course, we get into this, you know, Cameron not wanting to put things in delicately. So, again, we get in this little delineation of like Tyler is the one who's like girls want to get with to go to Harvard. And Cameron's like, I don't I don't really want to say that. <laughs> like, like that's that's Tyler's part of the pitch is he wants to get yeah, tons of girls. He's uncomfortable now. Yeah. Whereas Cameron's like, I'm you know, I'm just and he even says Divya and my brother don't have trouble putting things in delicately. So I like how he's kind of right. taking a little bit of a step back and being like, look, that's their thing. That's their aim. I'm I'm more about the, you know, the kind of looking at people's profiles. I'm not really into you know whatever they're trying to do it's not you know and then of course this is where tyler pitches that you know the difference between you know myspace or friendster or any of those other social networking sites <laughs> like how they it's a big umbrella there the the three or four i guess like live journal bebo like what else was out there probably not very much um zanga i think was still around <laughs> at that time yeah form spring um oh and, gosh and so <laughs> Uh, formspring.me I think as well that's the thing um, and then of course Mark... forums.net <laughs> and then of course Mark finishes the beat for them and says is exclusivity uh, right yeah. and of course this is where Divya agrees and Tyler says yes um, and then you know they say we'd love for you to work with us um, you know we need a gifted programmer again buttering him up just a little bit <laughs> Tyler knows Absolutely. Tyler knows what he's uh, Cameron knows what he's doing you know 
Um, and then yeah, he knows exactly what he's appealing to. Yeah, and then this is where, and again, the contrast comes in because Tyler is like, "We know you've been taking it in the shins," which I kind of love that expression. Um, and then I also, and I, again, like the one, the, I don't know, the one line that I kind of hate in this film, um, probably more than the previous exchange with Eduardo, is where Divya says the women's groups are ready to declare a fatwa. And, uh, yeah, this really falls flat. Yeah, in, uh, outside of this film. <laughs> yeah, and I, I mean, it's really unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, just because I think the thing is, you know, obviously a fatwa has kind of gained a reputation um, for being like some kind of, you know, uh, dec- I mean, I think obviously Salman Rushdie is is the first thing that people think of when they think of a fatwa. <laughs> that like, you know, it's probably the most well known, you know, fatwa that was ever kind of issued. Um, but it just generally—I mean, it just generally means that it's just a legal opinion in Islamic law. It's—it's—it doesn't mean anything bad. It doesn't mean that you know they want to kill you, um, which obviously you know is the kind of the reputation that it carries. Um, it's just something that is kind of you know issued down, um, and it's kind of almost like a, you know a declaration by the Pope of like you know people can't do this or people can do this or you know homosexuals can marry in churches or can't marry in churches like it's just an opinion basically that's given by a holy person and you know it's then taken on this meaning as if every single fatwa is we're going to put this person to death and yeah is yeah and i think in context of the history i think i wonder if if it has to do it because it's written what, what triggers this particular line is the one after it where mark goes wow you do that for me, you know, that rehabilitating of his image. Um, and I know you want to get to that line, but I think it's important because, again, if this does take place in that 2003-2004 era, it's and in Massachusetts, this is not terribly far removed from 9-11. So these kinds of, this kind of language is loaded beyond reason um, in that day and era. And I don't think Mark's line of you do that for me, the way he says it is obviously very... Um, it's bitterly sarcastic. It's reductive. It's like, oh, you're you're so nice offering to do something for me. But it can also be seen as kind of rebuking his use of the language itself. Um, I think that's probably a more modernistic interpretation to try and use. It, I don't think it would apply in the timeline of events itself. But it's but yeah, that line about declaring a fatwa and this could really help rehabilitate your image is is really an unfortunate choice of words. But even what's what's crazy is that the performance looks like they know that. <laughs> yeah. Like when you, you watch when he says it and he kind of laughs at it and then he's like, that really wasn't funny. Yeah. And and I think that's might be more intentional to say, oh, I realize this was a poor choice of words. And I instantly regret having said that. And then when he takes the hit back from Mark, I mean, Mark doesn't dis- disguise any kind of uh, any kind of his sarcasm and and the attack with which he says it there at all. It's a pretty withering response, and it just kind of deflates Divya because then his next line is, "We'd like to work with you." Like yeah. he's trying to bring it back around and try and get it off. He clearly understands that. <laughs> he and Mark are not going to be compatible. <laughs> like, like Mark is more compatible, watch more compatible with the twins than Divya. Poor Divya. Poor Divya. <laughs> well, the end of the minute is you do that for me. So obviously we can get into, um, you know, the, the again, because, you know, in tomorrow's episode, we kind of go back to the courtroom and we get, 
Um, you know, uh, we, I mean, we mostly get Mark Dodgin, but yeah, the kind of uh, that kind of comeback against Divya and like the fact that he, you know, in the next minute is like, we'd like to work with you. <laughs> it's, it's like, I, yeah, I, it's like a, I don't know it's like if a really bad recovery. Yeah. And also, I, I mean, I've never been a fan of the way that, um, that Max Minghella says the word fatwa because he, like you say, he does kind of deliver it with a bit of a chuckle and it, and it just doesn't. I don't know. I also the fact there's something unnatural about that. Yeah, yeah, and also like you know the women's groups are ready to declare a fatwa is like the, are the women's groups all Islamic? Like it does. <laughs> it is kind of a mixing of two different, yeah, two different like, kind of uh, organizational ideas. That that would that would be that... extremely forward looking if every single women's group, including you know the you know well, the, the Hispanic group, were all you know, Islamic as well. Like it, I, I just, and, 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 and why wouldn't he say, why wouldn't he say something like the sorority girls or which is reductive in itself, but why did like, the phrase women's groups doesn't seem to really make a lot of sense here at all. I like, think that's mostly that's not... a callback to the way that it was phrased in the ad board. Cause they, you know, he says that I, uh, he says, I apologize to the women's groups and then he lists the different groups. Uh... I think that's just a Harvard thing. That's just the way that, like so, they're, they're kind of they're referred to as women's groups. Like that's the you yeah, know. those blasted one. I mean, it's better. It's better than girls groups. Like so, I'll give them that. At least they're acknowledging that the that the you know the students of Harvard are women. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It just calls to not only that, but the thing is, you know the uh, you know the the the, the fatwa against Salman Rushdie was like repealed in like 1998 after the death of Khomeini. So like like it's not even like if it was if this film had been set 10 years earlier it would have been at least a kind of contemporary reference i could kind of understand um but like in 2003 people like weren't using the like i don't know using the word fatwa in that sense just doesn't make any like it doesn't really feel like it fits to me it's like it's you know it's hmm. it's just an opinion basically it's just it's just a fancy way of saying opinion and even then, like it just—I don't know—I—I I, I don't like the line, and I—it's one—it's one of the few times in this film where I'm like, they could have easily said like a hundred other words, and it wouldn't—it wouldn't have stuck, you know, as hard, and it would have just come out a bit more naturally. Maybe, maybe I think I think the line is is difficult, although I think the line is um, era accurate. I think this is the kind of way somebody in that position and in that kind of situation would have made that kind of comment. I don't is the comment out out of line and reductive and and offensive? Yeah, absolutely it is. That's how this guy would talk though. Yeah. Um I think that it does kind of line up with that kind of elitist view of things and whatnot, but uh I don't think that uh the line is I don't think it's supposed to sit well. I think that's kind of the point. Um, I think it's supposed to p- paint him as a little out of touch and not a- and not somebody we should be sympathizing with. It kind of s- establishes the character as somebody who we want to keep on the outside because we shouldn't feel comfortable with him already. Yeah. I mean, the character is even like the portrayal of it. And I think it's all on purpose. I think it's it's done with this particular direction in mind to say he's not like these other guys. He's not a programmer. He doesn't understand how they work. He's not an athlete. He doesn't understand and and, and do things the way that Tyler and Cameron do. He's a third kind of character. He's outside of these other guys and he's not mixing well. I think that's the point here. But yeah, you're right. It shouldn't and he, it doesn't he's- sit well. And it shouldn't. He's not. He's not even. He's not even a Cameron. He's not even charming and bringing you a sandwich. He's just standing there feeding exposition. Yeah, he's more like the the Dustin character who you, you barely hear any lines out of in this entire film. His his basic role is to be in the background going, <laughs> "Okay, 
Like, that's his yeah. whole point. <laughs> yeah. World's richest billionaire, youngest billionaire. Really? you're talking about there. He was younger than Mark Zuckerberg, so the line at the end of the film is incorrect. Mark Zuckerberg was never the world's youngest billionaire. He was. <laughs> um, he's only younger than Mark Zuckerberg by about three days, but still. Oh, my God. It stands. It yeah. still counts. Um, yeah, yeah, still factually incorrect. Uh, yeah, so the fat wild line I'm not a fan of. Um, but yeah, we've we've basically been told this is what Facebook is. You yep. know, like, you know, interest, bio, friends, pics. But at the same time, that stuff is on MySpace and that stuff is on Friendster. I mean, on MySpace, it's on there with, um, you know, HTML that basically blasts your eyeballs with uh, all kinds of, you know, pink things and um, sparkly <laughs> stuff and the, lots of words in glitter and songs that just keep playing over the top oh of each goodness. other. And I mean, Facebook, uh, MySpace was an experience uh, back in uh, kind of 2003, all the way through until all the way through until basically it was sold off and then they started kind of fixing the code. But the fact that you could you could mess with um, MySpace's code was probably one of my favorite things because you could just you could do anything to those pages and they would literally I mean, people just broke their MySpace pages all the time. It's quite fun. <laughs> it was a great it's a great time to be alive um so yeah we get the kind of pitch and the pitch is you know uh people want to go to harvard it's exclusive mark's already said this in the first scene that you know things are exclusive but then he's also said you know china has got tons of geniuses how do you stand out uh you know and then confused erica because he's just changed the subject mid-sentence right uh, but but also kind of that that kind of has was is being paid off here you know like how do you stand out how do like you know, yeah. uh, the, obviously the Winklevoss twins have already done it. They're gigantic, you know, athletes who are already in this finals club. So they're already in, they're in the inner circle and they're kind of bringing that to Mark and saying, we can do this thing that is the same. You know, we can have a, you know, an online virtual, you know, kind of finals club and, and yeah. And, and, it, every, and, and it, you will be in the, the kind of the first four people in there. Yeah. That's um, the key is that Mark has found a way to be inside look and 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 see everybody else looking inside so he has mass he's going to master the art of the exclusivity that he had been searching for the whole time and that you know obviously we'll get into it in the next minute because we get the end of this scene um and then we start bouncing back between some depositions uh, yeah. is there anything else that you think we need to cover in terms of this uh this particular minute nope that is it for me on this one and we've mentioned a lot of names, uh, so that naturally leads me to my Thursday question, which is, what is your favorite social network? If you have a favorite social network, oh, you may man. hate all social networks. Yeah, I mean, having a favorite is like, which which of, uh, if I had to punch you in a part of your body, which would you like me to punch you in? It's like, oh, gee, I don't really <laughs> want to do any of these things. I mean, I use Facebook and Twitter. Those are the two that I um, am a participant in, uh, and neither of them are good. <laughs> uh, I, Facebook is better. Um, I like the the Facebook groups that we can do. Uh, um, I think if it wasn't for the groups and the people who are in these particular groups, I wouldn't even remain on the platform. I don't see a whole lot of reason to do that. Um, I'm a part of three or four maybe groups that I'm actually interested in seeing people's participation occur in. Twitter is just a firestorm. Um, it's just not it's it's not fun. It's not great, um, and it's mainly there for me to watch and go, man. Humans are strange creatures. I mean, I mainly use Twitter to just yell at people. So, <laughs> you know, if you need to kind of get that out, I feel like it's a good place to go. Like I said, MySpace, you could, like, in the early days of MySpace, it was so much fun just to kind of 
I don't know, just throw as much HTML into your little... Because you have, like, different boxes to fill in, like, your name and your age and all that kind of stuff. Oh. And if you threw HTML inside those boxes, it would force your page to do certain things. That so, sounds terrible. Uh, the internet's a terrible yeah, so, place. <laughs> yeah, so, it was, so, you know, it was fun to mess around on that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I think each of the kind of social networks that I've been on have served the purpose of... I mean, I guess the thing that they were kind of designed to do in some places, which is put you back in touch with people. So, you know, through MySpace, there were a few friends that I had from university who kind of got in touch with me through there. And then when, you know, everyone started moving to Facebook, you know, I, you know, made friends with them on Facebook. Yeah. Um, And then I think Facebook has been very useful. Like you say, I think Facebook groups are kind of, I mean, people try to push like stuff like Reddit forums and stuff like that. And I'm just like, I'm. I can't. It's too much poison. I can't. I can't be doing. Yeah, I can't be doing with Reddit. It looks terrible, and it and it it's looked terrible deliberately now. Like they 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 had the choice. They could have made it look better. They chose yeah. not to. You know, if they're going to stubbornly be terrible, I can't participate in that. Um, but yeah, I feel like the Facebook groups is something that if people are, I think it's one of those weird things where if you are members of certain Facebook groups, you kind of understand why Facebook groups are good. Um, but if you're just not in like a member of Facebook groups and your interaction on Facebook is just like your main news feed, then you might be puzzled as to exactly, you know, why, <laughs> why, why am I doing why, this why to myself? Get anything out of it. You know, if all you're hearing is angry rants from people and, you know, shared minions memes, it's like, well, what was the point yeah, of this you whole need thing? Yeah, friends there, guys. Um, yeah. Exclusivity, of course. That, that was, was the point. point. Um, yeah. So uh, I feel like uh, we've said about as much as we possibly can about this minute. So let's uh, go to plugs. Is there anything that you wish to plug? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of cool Facebook groups, I can tell you that I, you know, I'm part of the Clashing Sabers Network, which is a series of podcasts you can find at ClashingSabers.net. We have our own Facebook group. It's called Clashing Sabers Star Wars Community. Um, it's a nice place where everybody's pretty friendly and and we like to kind of kick back and, and talk about the, the things that are in the episodes or books we're reading or things like that kind of news and events as it comes up it's a great place where a bunch of people have come together and found some real friends and some community um it's an open place where you get to ask questions and and not feel like you're under attack you don't ever get uh we try and police it to the point where people can say what they think and what they feel but only if they can back it up (laughs) so it's not a place for anger without reasons i suppose but yeah check us out at clashing sabers.net you can check us out on the face on that facebook page you can find me on the twitters at the drew brett that's me and you can find us on myspace at myspace.com slash the social minute or on twitter at social underscore minute or on facebook at the social minute podcast thanks once more for being my guest here today drew oh it's a pleasure sir and otherwise i will see you tomorrow